Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fans. We are live from the Lakeland University Studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Got tickets to go see the Admirals this Sunday afternoon. Five o'clock puck drop. Looking forward to going to see the Admirals play uh, on Sunday with the family. Maybe I'll see you out there on Sunday uh, at Panther Arena. Uh, okay, so coming up here in about 15 minutes, Brewers baseball. Got to get some Brewers baseball talking. Matt Carroll, reviewing the brew, uh, joins us. I, I want to go over today's starting lineup that they put out. I reached out to Matt yesterday to come on and talk about the Brewers and so forth because uh, on reviewing the brew, he put together what he thinks uh, the opening day roster may look like for the Brewers. So that was the main reason I was going to get him on. But then I saw today's starting lineup, and Adam McKelvey of Brewers.com and MLB.com uh, kind of tweeted out like, hey, maybe this is what the opening day lineup looks like for the Brewers coming up a week from Thursday. Now, they open up in Chicago against uh, the Cubs at Wrigley. So we'll see uh, what the lineup actually looks like. Gary Ellerson made a great point on the Wendy's Big Show as far as, man, 162 games. He'll probably have 162 different lineups. And I, you know, I'm joking around, but seriously, I, I think they may have had the most roster, most lineup, uh, most lineups, different lineups used, I think, in baseball last year, or they were one of the leaders, if not the leader, uh, last year. So we'll talk some Brewers baseball uh, with Matt Carroll coming up uh, in just a little bit. I, I want to talk quickly about uh, the NBA here in this first segment. So the Bucks get Philly tomorrow night uh, in Philadelphia, and uh, the Bucks and Philly are both a half a game out behind Boston and Miami, uh, who are tied atop at 47-28. and 28. And for whatever the tiebreaker is, Boston owns it. So according to ESPN, Boston is one, Miami is two. Then the Bucks are three, Sixers four, Bulls five, uh, Toronto Raptors six, Cavaliers one game behind of Toronto for that sixth spot to avoid the play-in. And then after that, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Atlanta uh, is what it looks like eight through ten at this point. The Knicks and Washington, like five games back. They're, they're not going to be in the playing tournament. But I'll say this. When you are the Bucs and you're the defending champs, you have to consider a couple of different things. One, you want to be playing good going into the postseason. That's first and foremost without question. The second part of this is you want to be healthy. That's also part of it. And I think the Bucks have been playing fairly well. And the other night, okay, fine, you lose. You have no Drew Holiday. You have Middleton. You have Giannis. You get spanked uh, by Memphis without John Morant. Okay, fine. Whatever. It happens. No need to read into any of these things uh, as far as I'm concerned right now. The, the main goal here is to get healthy. Last year, I com- talked about seeding and wanting to avoid the hard road of having to deal with Brooklyn uh, in the second round and then Philly in the first round, or Philly in the uh, conference championship. So, of course, what happens? They end up with a tough road. Uh, They get past Brooklyn, Philly gets upset by Atlanta, and then you get to go play Phoenix, who nobody thought was going to come out of the West, uh, and you beat them in the West. 
this year, uh, the way it sits right now, if the season were to end today, the Bucs get Toronto. That's that's a winnable series, right? No problem. No big deal there. But then if you are the three, that means you then, lucky duck you, uh, get to deal with the winner of the two seven matchup at that point because the winner of one eight plays the winner of four five which means it'd be boston and say whoever it ends up being say it's brooklyn or whoever it ends up being at that point say it's brooklyn and boston in the first round then the winner of philly chicago the four five seed would get the winner of boston and brooklyn you would get the winner of miami and the seven seed which right now is cleveland so more than likely well i shouldn't say more than likely miami's falling apart it appears right now they've lost four straight but uh, if Miami figures itself out, you would then get uh, Miami uh, and then maybe Boston or Brooklyn uh, in the conference championship. To me, to me, as it sits right now looking at this, I'm okay with the role they're currently at right now as it sits. Now, again, there's four teams within a half a game of each other right now. So this could change up and go sideways uh, a million different ways. The hottest team right now in the NBA is the Boston Celtics. Without question, playing out of their mind good. Uh, winners of their nine of their last ten. I'm playing really well. Does Boston really scare me from a Bucks perspective? No. They, they don't. I just I don't think they have enough inside uh, to deal with Giannis uh, and what the Bucks are going to do. So, to me, I think the Bucks are fine from that perspective uh, if it's Boston. Uh, Miami is self-destructing, which always makes me happy and puts a smile on my face. I'm sure it puts a smile on a lot of your faces. Uh, then after that, then the only other team, for me at least right now, is Brooklyn. Uh, and they beat this Brooklyn team last year. Because, again, Kyrie and Durant, okay, it's fine. Say what you got. Uh, and, and then there's the Ben Simmons question mark that goes along with all of this. If that dude's in the series, um, then that's another factor. But now you're adjusting having to play with the dude. While in the playoffs, that's going to be an issue for the Brooklyn Nets if they have to adjust to playing with the guy and figure out chemistry while in the playoffs. There's a part of me that thinks the Nets would be in a better situation if he just didn't play. Like, just play with who you have and Ben Simmons, uh, you can play next year. Like, we're going to do this without you because it's going to be more difficult to do it with you than it is to do it without you at this point. But as far as the seeding goes... I think I'm at this point right now where I, I'm more concerned about health than I am about them having the one seed in the playoffs. Because put them in the one spot for a second, right? So slide Boston to three, put Milwaukee at one. So now Milwaukee gets possibly Brooklyn in the first round. I, I don't want to deal with Brooklyn in the first round. I, I'm okay with Brooklyn later. I want to get my feet under me before I got to deal with Brooklyn. That, that, I, I would look at it from that perspective. Then after that, you get the winner of Philly-Chicago, and then whatever happens on the other side. So this could be almost a reverse or kind of similar to what happened last year where it's Brooklyn, Philly, and then whatever is standing, Boston or Miami more than likely, uh, in the conference championship. I think I'd rather kind of prefer being the three. So from that perspective, I think I'm playing for health more than I'm playing to necessarily win per se uh, and put guys out there. You're not feeling right, you're going to sit. If you're feeling fine, I'm going to play you. I'm not I'm not suggesting resting guys for the playoffs. I'm just suggesting that there's no need to rush a guy back. There's no need to push a guy more minutes than needed uh, in a game. None. I might even put limit restrictions on these guys now to make sure that they're as healthy as possible and as fresh as possible as they get closer to the playoffs starting. So to me... I don't I don't necessarily look at the one seed and go, oh boy, the one seed makes everything a lot closer. I, I don't I don't see it as being the case right now. I think you look at it right now and you say, I'm fine being three. We can sit at three and play this bad boy out and see what happens. I still think they're the best team in the East. I still think they're the team to beat uh in the NBA at this point. We can talk about Phoenix all we want. But Phoenix hasn't done much of anything to convince me that this is going to play out any differently this year than it did last year. I'm just not there. Plus, Chris Paul is dinged up and everything else. Like I, I, I'm not there thinking that Phoenix is all of a sudden going to be a team uh, that's going to knock out the Bucks. Memphis obviously is a team to be concerned with 
uh, as well if they get there. Everybody's got fond expectations of Golden State. Uh, Wiseman is done, so they lose their young big uh, for the rest of the regular season and postseason, so he's done. Uh, Dallas doesn't have enough. Utah, no, doesn't have enough. Uh, Denver's not getting their point guard back, it doesn't look like, so I don't think they have enough. Uh, good for Minnesota. They're at the seven. They're going to be in the play-in, so that's good. Uh, then the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Lakers. Eh. I mean, the Lakers are one game away from not being in the play-in. San Antonio is one game behind the Lakers from being the 10th seed and the Lakers missing the playoffs altogether at this point. Can you imagine that? A LeBron James team missing the playoffs with LeBron James healthy. And not going to the playoffs. And he's, it's not his fault that they're not playing well. LeBron's playing well. I mean, you can't turn around and go, boy, it's on LeBron. You could say it's on LeBron because the roster's not good enough, right? Remember, back in the beginning of the year, LeBron's like, I don't care. Y'all make fun of our line for being so old. You'll see. We'll prove you wrong. Nope. Nope. Outsiders were right this time. LeBron, not even LeBron, could overcome all the garbage that he was surrounded with and had to play with. They literally are in a situation in L.A. where they almost have got to blow that roster up in the offseason and start over with that Lakers roster in order to give LeBron a chance next year uh, to try and compete for a title heir. You know, it's really kind of interesting. I saw this on Twitter last night after they lost and gave up the 40-piece in the fourth quarter that they did. Someone did a little bit of Twitter sleuthing and went back, so you know how teams' Twitter accounts always have their final graphics of whenever the game ends, final score, and a picture of some player, whomever. So this guy did some Twitter sleuthing. He went back to every single final graphic for the Lakers this entire season and looked at every loss they had to see which player was in the picture. Uh, No LeBron. No LeBron. And I think AD was in, like, one of them. And Westbrook, I don't think, was in any of them either. Malik Monk. Got pretty. Uh, he got put in quite a few of them. By the he did he broke it down player by player. Malik Monk by far the most featured in the loss graphics. I well, listen. A part of it is want to keep your stars happy, right? If you put me in a graphic, then you're kind of putting it on me for why we lost the game. I should have put any players in the graphic. To be honest with you, when they lose, they really shouldn't. You can put the leading score if you want. Uh, as the graphic for the win or the person that hit the game-winning shot uh, or the person that had the triple-double. like I'm good with that. There's really no sense in putting somebody, uh, player-wise, in a loss graphic. Not, it should just be the logo and the final score. And then some, I don't know, some something to go along with it. On to the next one. And things will be better tomorrow in L.A. Or the sun will come up tomorrow. Whatever you want to put. I just don't think there's any reason to put a player in it. Because, I mean, think about it. If you're Malik Monk, you're hot. Like, dude, I'm not even one of the star players on this team. I'm some role player, and I'm getting put in a loss graphic. Like, I I haven't paid attention to the Bucs loss graphics and all they even put. I don't think the Bucs put players in their graphics. They, uh, they they do. They do they the GIF in the morning or whatever. We got them in yeah. all kinds of heat with Grayson Allen mm-hmm. or whatever. But they don't. I don't think they put players in loss graphics. Go back on the, you go do some Twitter sleuthing now. And go back and see if you can find a Bucks player in a loss graphic where they have the final score and then if there's a player in it. If they do it, then so be it. I, I just, I don't think it, it serves any any good because everybody is sensitive about this stuff. So the last one where they lost to Memphis. They got hammered, destroyed. Connaughton and Portis, the feature players. But Connaughton is helping Portis up. So it's not just a sad Connaughton face with the scowl looking at the scoreboard or something like right. that. He's helping Bobby up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd i rather just have it be a logo and um, the score. Now, again, we've never talked about this before. So obviously it's not that big of an issue. But it's interesting that that Lakers guy goes and finds all of these and realizes LeBron's not on any of them. Again, I don't mind him being on the, the wins. But on the losses, just avoid it. Why, why, why bother trying to possibly anger somebody by having them on a loss graphic? Because obviously, that, that's part of it. They're trying to keep LeBron happy, trying to keep AD happy. You definitely don't want to mess with Russell Westbrook. So you're doing everything in your power to kind of play it up. But yeah, they have a lot of work to do this offseason. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with Matt Carroll. 
from reviewing the brew. He's got his projected final rosters for the Brewers. His opening day is a week from Thursday. Man, we are so close. The Brewers continue to send players down to minor league camp, about a half dozen or so today. Matt Carroll, Brewers GM, will join us at 106 tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show. Matt Carroll will join us next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan live from the Lakeland University Studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. AR, Adam Roberts, other side of the glass, executive producer. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is our guy, Matt Carroll. Of course, know him from reviewing the brew. And uh, been looking forward to talking uh, to Matt uh, to... Talk about this Brewers roster. Follow him on Twitter at MKEMAT13 at MKEMAT13. Matt, how are you doing, bud? Sparky, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, okay, first things first. I, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of different dudes and how you think their roles are going to play out this season uh, for the Brewers. We got Matt Carroll on tomorrow, and I'm going to kind of bring this up to Matt Carroll too uh, tomorrow at 106 when he's on the big show, the Brewers general manager. And that is Keston Hira. I mean, you gave Andrew McCutcheon all this money, and he's been, you know, Babe Ruth in spring training hitting home runs, uh, and that's fine. But Keston Hira's been on a, a red-hot tear as well. So where does Hira fit into this whole deal here if he continues to hit? I mean, I think there will be a spot for him. Um, you know, they like to go uh, righty-lefty matchup at first, so obviously that's um, the first option there. I think they say that, you know, Andrew McCutcheon is going to be their main designated hitter, but we know Craig Council. We know he likes to get creative. I'm sure you see him pick up some outfield starts here and there. That could potentially open a window for Kira to get even more playing time. Um, but he's going to have to show it during the regular season. Um, he had a good spring last year. That didn't translate to the regular season. We know he was going through a lot of stuff um, with his family and kind of, you know, trying to get back on track from 2020. Um, so he does need to carry that through. Um, but as long as he does that and, you know, signs have been positive early, they'll find playing time for him. Um, they, if, if guys hit, council finds a way to get them into the lineup. So from that perspective, then, Jace Peterson right now is going to get the start at third base and is starting today uh, for the Brewers. They start here in about 40 minutes uh, because Luis Urias obviously uh, is hurt. Um, so he's going to be like their super utility guy would be my guess, right? Jace Peterson is. Uh, but then at first base, you have Rowdy Tellez. Is Hira then like the main backup for his baseman at this point? I mean, I would have to think so. Um you know, again, like they'll exploit those matchups a little bit when they can. Um, remember, he obviously he started off as a second baseman. Wong did miss some time due to injury last year. Um, so you've got Kira as a potential backup as well as a Jace Peterson, possibly even a Mike Brasso. Um, and they were trying him out in the outfield. Um, he did yeah, get a little field. bit of action out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before they signed McCutcheon, there were hints that, you know, maybe they were going to work him into that equation. I don't know that he necessarily sees that much time out there now, but it is just another option for him. You have to still think, though, that they're relatively committed to his primary backup position is going to be first base. What do you think about Severino? I mean, Pedro Severino, they get him in the offseason. He's going to be the backup catcher. Feliciano, when he was up here, he hit again in spring training. We all know he can hit. What do you think the issue is with him not being given more of an opportunity? Or is it simply once Narvaez's deal is done and he gets a full year at AAA this year, then he'll get his chance to be the starting catcher? Yeah, that's what I tend to believe um, because Severino is on a one-year deal himself. Um, and so really, you know, after this season, both of them could be gone. Um, but Feliciano, and he's my guy. I, I love him. I've been watching him since his big um, breakout in 2019 when he won Carolina League MVP. Um, but he was injured for a good portion of last year. Had a slow start even before that happened. Um, did decently at Arizona Fall League when they gave him that chance, but a lot of hitters did decently down there. Um, so he needs to show, you know, be healthy for the year, show that you're that next guy up. And I, I tend to believe the same thing, um, that he'll really get a big opportunity next year. Um, but, you know, catchers get hurt. Um, I'm sure he will get a few games here and there this year, and maybe that can be kind of the beginning of his audition. 
You know, the other thing, too, and I'm just looking at Matt Carroll's uh, predicted roster uh, for Brewers opening day right now at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Outfielders. Call me crazy. I'd rather have Tyrone Taylor in the lineup every day than Lorenzo Cain right now. (laughs) From an offensive perspective, absolutely. I mean, he is just as on fire as anyone on the team currently. Um, But, you know, we forget a lot of times that, you know, Lorenzo Cain is still a very, very good defensive center fielder. Um, And this Brewers team was assembled. They often assemble it with strong up the middle defense. And Kane gives you that best option defensively in center field. So more often than not, he's going to get that chance. But again, like, you know, mentioning earlier, if you can swing the bat, um, council will find a way to get you in the lineup. So I'm sure Tyrone Taylor will get his opportunities. And as you look back at previous years, I mean, last year, Jackie Bradley Jr. got plenty, probably more than a lot of Brewers fans wanted, plenty of options or uh, opportunities to be in the lineup. Um, part of that was due to Kane being injured here and there. Will he miss as many games this year? Uh, not coming off an opt-out year, I tend to not believe that. But, um, you know, Yelich has had back problems in the past. You don't know about Renfro. Taylor will get games to play. Um, and, man, if he's still hitting anything close to this, I you know it'll cool off a little bit, but anything close to this, and you have to get him in the lineup somewhere at some point. This is what my concern is with Alfie. My concern is Christian Yelich still, and yet today, Council has him batting third in the lineup, has Adamas all the way down to five. I realize Adamas hasn't had a great spring hitting, but Yelich batting third, if that's what we're going to try and do again this this year to start off, I, I don't think I'm going to be very happy with that idea. I just don't. For me, He's got to prove that he belongs in the top half of this lineup. He just does. And until he proves he belongs up there, for me, I don't just put him at three and say, okay, we're all set. Let's go. I'm not on that train. Yeah, it it, it was interesting seeing that lineup. I think there's a couple um, spots where you would see, you know, Kane's batting seconds. I don't know that that's necessarily where he ends up uh, to start the year. I, I think that was the most surprising one to me. He should um, be down at the bottom of the lineup too. I've saw, yeah. I, he, I've seen uh, a projected lineup of him batting nine. I think I forgot where I saw, it, but somebody mm-hmm. projected him batting nine in this lineup. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because it kind of turns you over to the top with another speed guy on base. If he uh, happens to get on base, but with Yelich, like I get it. Um, he is that prototypical when he's firing on all cylinders, he is that prototypical two, three, uh, type guy in the lineup, but yeah, you know, do you drop him down to five to start or six to start or something like that and have him work his way back up? Um, he's been okay in the spring, but not great. Um, I wouldn't be, certainly wouldn't be opposed to them doing that. And maybe this is just them playing with something this year, uh, or early in the spring, I should say. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 I certainly wouldn't be opposed to dropping him um, until he proves his way up either. Now, the one thing about Yelich is he's going to draw walks. He's going to get on base, right? So from that perspective, I'm okay if they want to move Yelich up to two. And then if Adamas is your three, uh, and then again, you're putting the pressure uh, and weight on McCutcheon then to be your four hitter uh, at that moment in time. Would you prefer Yelich at two? And then if so, who's your three? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Adamas, uh, just look at how he was when he came over here. We are now getting a full year of Willie Adamas uh, with American Family Field as his home stadium. Um, absolutely, he could go off in the three spot. I, I'm really interested, actually, four through six between McCutcheon, Renfro, and Telez. I think there's a lot of ways that you could um, organize that section of the lineup. But Yelich, in that 2018 season, did a lot of damage as a two hitter and it would make, if he can be performing at his best, I think it would make a lot of sense to put him back. Check out their uh, cold brew podcast uh, that they do over there at reviewing the brew. You can follow them uh, on Twitter at reviewing the brew and also at cold brew underscore pod. I mean, Dave Gasper do a great job uh, with that. Talking with Matt Carroll here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals starting a uh, rotation. That set. we don't have to get into that. The bullpen, on the other hand, that's something completely different uh, as of right now. I, I feel fine with Hader and Devin Williams in the back. I'm good there. I understand the Boxberger thing. I'm fine there. I have no problems with that. We know Suter's going to be back there. You know Ashby is probably going to be back there. 
Then after that, then it's wide open to me. I mean, Jake Cousins showed you some stuff last year. Fine. Gustave, I don't know. Um, for you, uh, are you comfortable with what we're talking about with this bullpen? Or do you think they're still missing one or two guys? I was actually hoping they'd pick up one more guy. Um, they haven't yet. They still could. That's fine. There are, unlike a lot of other positions, there are still some decent relievers out on the market and free agency if they decide to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's questionable there at the end, which is why you know I was also glad that they brought that Foxberger, a guy who led the team in appearances last year, is familiar with the staff. Um, but, I mean, you look at the names at the very end, you've got, like you said, Gustave, who didn't pitch in a lot of high leverage situations. So his numbers, yeah, they looked good, but you never know with him. Um, Trevor got, we don't really know what we have in him. He's going to be there because he has no minor league options left. So that's maybe just the one guy, you know, is going to be at the end of the bullpen. Miguel Sanchez, not sure. Um, Hobie Milner, he was up and down last year. He'll probably be the same. Mejia, he hasn't looked great this spring from what I've seen. Um, Luis Perdomo, I think could be a dark horse. He's not on the 40 man right now, but he's performed well. So he might be able to work his way on. And he's a guy with actual major league experience, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of, um, confidence in some of those guys yet until I see it. And so I think adding one more name would be really smart. Yeah, that's to me. If I'm if I'm Matt Arnold and David Stearns again, Matt Arnold tomorrow, Wendy's Big Show 106. Uh, I, I that's something I'd be trying to figure out, whether it be through trade, whether it be through a free agency and pickup, uh, because it appears Ethan Small is going to start in the rotation uh, down at AAA. It appears that Ashby is going to stay at the big league club as of now. Now, if they send Ashby down to AAA and he doesn't end up in this bullpen, then I'm going to be even more concerned, Matt Carroll. Yeah, absolutely. Ashby has to be a part of that bullpen. Otherwise, it really gets sketchy when you've only got, what, four proven guys? Jake Cousins, like you were saying, you know, he showed some stuff last year, but he's nothing close to a certainty this year. Um, Ashby looked good. Uh, He's looked good this spring, so it it would be very surprising if we saw him down in the minor leagues. I I feel like he's here to stay. but yeah, kind of like you said with Ethan Small, um, I don't feel like they have any intent on uh, letting him be in the bullpen at all. Kind of like you've seen from some of those guys in the past, like Corbin Burns, um, Woodruff, Peralta, Ashby. Like you saw them do a little bit of hybrid uh, work as a reliever early before becoming full-time starters. They don't seem to have any intent on doing that with Ethan Small. So if anything, he'll be you know an injury replacement, poor performance replacement in the rotation um ashby needs to be in this big league ball club for good start to finish yeah that's the one worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, you know, when you lose a couple of these guys, and you're probably going to lose at least one of, between Burns and Woodruff, for sure, one of them is going to go. I feel good about the future knowing that they've got Small and Ashby. One of those guys uh, will be able to step in this rotation. My thing is, will Eric Lauer be the Eric Lauer of last year, this year? Because he played way better than I thought he was going to be. I thought way better pitcher than I thought he was going to be when the year started last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and let's be honest, he's not the only one who, you know, has a short, a small sample size of success in the rotation. Last year was Adrian Hauser's first very good season as a starter. Last year really was Freddie Peralta's first very good full season as a starter. Um, any one of those three technically could regress. And so uh, Ethan Small needs to be ready, whether it's because he's replacing a guy like a Burns or a Woodruff who, you know, yeah, we have to picture it potentially leaving in the future or if one of these guys does end up regressing from last year's uh, success. He is Matt Carroll. Real quickly, uh, your prediction for this Brewers team this year, now a week out. Prediction uh, record-wise? Yep. Oh, let's go. We're going to go first place. They're finally going to break that uh, club record. Let's go 97 wins. 97 wins. Did you see Antonacio said the other day uh, that uh, he or David Stearns believes this is the most talented team that David Stearns has had since he's been here? And Mark responded with, okay, well, outside of the 2011 team, it's probably the second most talented team that Antonacio's had since he's been here. So that that's high praise on this roster, and with high praise come high expectations. Uh, so they're not being bashful about kind of what they're thinking of this baseball team right now. No, not at all. And honestly, you look at this team, teams with strong starting rotations generally win a lot of games. The Brewers obviously have that. And when you go top to bottom with when the best players are in the lineup and they're hitting at their – absolute ceiling this is a dangerous lineup from top to bottom um there's no reason to think that they can't win a ton of games and keep stretching that franchise best uh playoff streak it would be good no doubt about it matt carroll make sure to give him a follow if you don't already on twitter from reviewing the brew at mke matt 13 at mke matt 13 check of course check out their cold brew podcast as well matt thanks so much man appreciate it absolutely anytime there he is, Matt Carroll on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, breathe. And like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Brian Gudekunst talked to the media uh, down at the owners' meetings. We'll tell you some of what he said coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. AR Adam Roberts, executive producer. Tournament continues this weekend. And the place to watch all the big games while enjoying your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, foosball, table tennis, pool, dartboard, shuffleboard. You name it, they got it. And while you're doing that, so that'll have some great food. Loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Rami Makloff does return today for the Rami Show coming up here at three o'clock and uh i'm sure he will talk uh, about the comments made by brian gudenkens to, to the assembled media uh today down in or at the owners meetings which by the way excuse me uh, Matt, uh mike mccarthy was not present for dallas cowboys head coach not there i believe he was the only coach uh not there and uh I'm guessing it's because he didn't want to deal with Sean Payton questions, but either way, he was not there. But Brian Gutekunst was and talked to some of the guys like Ryan Wood, 
um, and so forth. Pete Doherty, I think I saw him down there. Uh, Matt Schneidman, I believe, was there uh, as well, from what I could tell in the picture uh, that was put out on Twitter. Some of the things uh, to talk about here. One, uh, Ryan Wood tweets out, Ask Brian Goodenkins he believes the deal Aaron Rodgers signed allows him to retire with the Packers. Said Brian Goodenkins, quote, We'd certainly like it to. I think there's certainly one of the goals. That's certainly one of the goals of his. That was part of the scenario we thought when we went through this process. So that's Goodenkins saying Rodgers has pretty much said he wants to retire with the Packers. That's what I take from it. Y'all take what you want, but that, that's what I take away from that one. Uh, Brian Kudenkin says there was no way Devontae Adams' situation could end other than a trade. Again, all from Ryan Wood. Quote, those are hard decisions and hard things to move on from. Once we get through the discussions with Devontae after the season, this was what was best for Devontae and the organization. Kudenkin said that there were, quote, open and honest, end quote, discussions between the Packers and Adams since last year. He has no regrets on how negotiations went. Quote, I felt really good about the communication with Devontae and his agent before the season through the season, and after, end quote. So I think that's all good stuff. Uh, Then uh, somebody tweeted at Ryan Wood and asked him, did you guys ask him about signing a free agent wide receiver? Wood quote tweeted it and replied, the draft is going to be central to team building for the rest of the Packers offseason. But in general, Brian Gutekind said his his team, or he said he feels the team has cap flexibility to make a deal if... The right player is available, again, uh, according to Ryan Wood. Okay, fair enough. But now here is the one uh, that I can't wait to get Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler's comments on tomorrow. Brian Gutekind said Packers won't hesitate to line up Jair Alexander at slot after last year's shoulder injury. Quote, with Ja, he's going to kind of go where some of the receivers are going to go. He's going to follow some of those guys in different packages. He can do everything, end quote. Normally, this isn't a team that shadows opposing wide receivers, right? So normally it's not, hey, uh, Jair Alexander, uh, we're facing OBJ, right? Or we're facing... Uh, you know, Jamar Chase or whoever it is, wherever he goes, you go, right? Normally that doesn't happen. It's interesting to me that he's just putting it out there, telling everybody before they even have a camp, before we even get to the draft that, yeah, this is coming opposing offenses. Get ready. He's going to shadow some of your wide receivers and go where he goes. I'm okay with it. I am. That also now will open up Rajul Douglas in Stokes, if they keep Rajul Douglas at corner, which I think they will, but we'll see. It allows those two guys now um, to know in games where the number one wide receiver is out there that Jai Alexander is going to shadow him wherever he goes. Again, I don't understand why Gutekunst would bring it up at this point, why he would let the cat out of the bag. Why not let teams discover that during the season? I- I'm the last one to say I-, I agree with you know NFL teams you know being CIA and keeping everything in-house and so forth. But that one there, I I may not have let that cat out of the bag yet. I may have just let them figure that out in the regular season that, oh, wait a second here. Jair's covering our number one. is following him into the slot, following him to the other side of the field. Haven't seen this before. Let him figure it out. Now you just told everybody. You even haven't gotten to the NFL draft and you're telling everybody trade secrets. I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that necessarily. Uh, Rami Makhlouf is here. The Rami Show comes up next. We'll talk to him next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Rami Makhlouf here as he gets ready to do his show from 3 to 6. Are you off tomorrow? No. I'm here all week. Wednesday? I'm here all week. You're doing five days five in a days, row. Yeah. Five days of Rami on the oh, Rami show. Believe boy, that. Y'all are in for a treat this mm-hmm. week. Five days. So I'll be out of things all to right. talk about by Thursday. I'm guessing tomorrow, but yeah. okay, we'll go with Thursday. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so I, I, before we get into this, uh, you're showing all that. I, uh-huh. I, 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 are you talking about Will Smith? And- yes. Yes. In a roundabout way. No. Okay. Well, I want to be in a direct way. Okay. Uh, we did an hour on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, a whole hour? 
Oh yeah, on the big show. People or what? tweeting, calling. Yeah, really? absolutely. Oh, what's well, that line? Story of the day. In the I world. guess. So, this is my question. Um, because you're a stand-up comic. Yes, I am. So, in the conversation, headlining you... at Club Garibaldi this Friday, and then Saturday I'll be in Kenosha. Didn't ask. Okay. Um, I, I I'm curious to find out. Um, I thought you told me that. When you do stand-up comedy, that mm. pretty much all gloves are off. Now, some comedians may not want to deal with religion and whatever, but for the most part, stand-up comedy, if you go to a comedy show, you just have to expect that all gloves off, anything could be said, whatever the case may be, and if you're going, then you have to understand that that's what this is, right? Right. That's part of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I thought um, that when you go to do a show, now maybe not Club Garibaldi per se, uh, this Friday, headlining. But but I I I would think um, there's some type of rules in place that people can't come out of the crowd and just slap you or hit you in the face. <laughs> yes, yes, um, there are. Don't let this don't let this uh, make you think otherwise. So I, at Club you cannot, Garibaldi, I'm you cannot do that. If somebody says a joke they don't like, they just can't come up and no, slap you. No, you cannot go up. You can't That's rush not the stage a new and thing slap people. In comedy, no, don't no. don't That's let not this a thing fool anymore. you. No, you and you are not Will Smith. Right, you can't do that. And not every comic is as professional and composed as Chris Rock. You might get a stool or a mic stand to the head. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying is Chris Rock handled himself very well and very professionally, and no one should assume that any other comic would react that way if you rush the stage. You might catch a mic stand or a stool to the head. Or at the very least, might get slapped back. Okay, so I'm yes. not I'm not missing anything, Doug. Okay. <laughs> no, this changes nothing. No. Those rules are still very much in effect. I thought I just missed something. No, very much in effect. You cannot run up on a stage and slap a comedian. Because, I mean, he didn't he didn't get cuffed. He didn't get kicked out of the award <laughs> he show. Went back to his he got to go up on stage and accept an award after he did it. <laughs> so I'm like, well. It was the craziest thing maybe, ever. Maybe the rules got changed no, and Rami didn't tell it. No, it's the craziest thing ever, dude. It's the craziest thing that's ever happened in Hollywood. Craziest thing ever. It was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. It was insane. It was silly. I was watching White Men Can't Jump while all that was going on. Oh. Yeah. Love that movie, man. Still holds up. Anniversary was yesterday. Yeah, that's why I was so I was at my parents. I don't care about the Oscars. I don't. Neither do I. I wouldn't have seen one second of it. I was watching US men's soccer. <sighs> I, I'd we probably watch the Oscars. We had a DVR. So I would, we were if I had a choice, I'd yeah. watch the Oscars. But, okay, that over, was it. Over US men's. It was soccer. great. They're they're going to the World Cup, it looks like here. So that was, so was at my parents' house and uh the whole family was there. My sister in law and my niece were watching the Oscars because they care, I guess. And I saw the thing right before I left about white men can't jump. I was like, oh, I love that movie. So I went home and watched it, found it was on Hulu, and then all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up, people sending me clips of Will Smith slapping the life out of Chris Rock. And at first, be honest, you thought, well, that had to be staged. I thought it was staged at first, yeah. And then when you see Will Smith start yelling at him, you realize, ah, it's not staged, I don't think. Honestly, I think Chris Rock thought it was a joke through the slap. I I think he even thought the slap was a joke. I think he thought it was a joke up until Will Smith went and sat down and started screaming from his chair. I think that's when he realized it was serious. Without slapping up and had the same thing accomplished, which was stopping it. He could have just screamed from his chair after he said it, could have screamed at him to knock it off. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to get up. You could have made your own scene by staying in was, your chair it was insane. and getting him to stop talking about your wife. It was insane. It was insane. I, and I, a little I, awesome. Definitely not awesome in any way, shape, or form. Not in the least. Uh, what do you got coming up on your show? <laughs> it was a little bit. Uh, come on. It was kind of cool. Not the, at all. The whole thing was kind of cool. No. Like, it, it made me uncomfortable watching it, but it's still, like, I don't know. Kind of kind of cool. Um, so, out of the gate, Sparky going to talk a little bucks. As they now are, they're in position, if they want to, like push for the for the one seed. Do you care about seeding at all, or are you good anywhere one through four? Because they're not going to fall as far as five. I said this in the first fifteen minutes of the show today mm-hmm. on Sparky's Midday Madness. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I I want to be healthy. They're playing good enough. I've seen them all play. They're fine. I'm fine at three. We went through the scenario today. I'm fine with how the three scenario plays out. 
three plays, they get the winner of the two C, which is Miami. Uh, and then they get, you know, Boston or whoever comes out of the other side. Uh, so yeah, I'm fine with being three. I'm fine with being two. Uh, I don't think I really want to open against Brooklyn because now you're talking about a path, which is similar to last year, which was, I wanted to avoid Brooklyn and Philly back to back because of the physicality of the series. Mm -hmm. And now you're in a situation where if you're one, you could open against Brooklyn and then if Philly beats Chicago, you're going to get Philly in the second round, and then you come back oh, so after that. you don't that. want one. I hadn't even considered that. No. You don't want one. I don't think I do. But, again, best team in the East, they're going to win it regardless. I just think the easier path might be going the other side of that bracket. So two or Not three. Not playing the winner of 4-5. Play the winner of 2, whatever that is, 2-7. Two two seven. Seven. Right. Yeah, I think I'd rather do that because Toronto in the first round, 3-6, fine, no problem. 2-7, uh, then, then Miami, who is self-destructing. they got to get past whoever they face. But I'll take Miami in the next round. That's fine. They'll kill each other. And then we get to the finals. And then if the Nets or Celtics are waiting, fine, we'll play the best team at the end. I just don't want to have to face the potential best team out of the box, out of the jump, especially if I got you. you're trying to rest guys and I get them ready. I hadn't considered that. You and know I'll what? say I something else. I said this too. If Simmons is playing in the playoffs, that's worse for Brooklyn than it is a help because now you got to work him into the offense. you got to get on the same page offense. with him chemistry-wise and defensive-wise. offense. But he's still on the floor. Yeah. So where he is spacing-wise and everything else yeah, still affects it. everything. I get it. So if it's me at this point, if I'm KD, I'm like, if he would have been here two weeks ago, we're good. Too late. Just tell him that we're done. We're not right. playing with him. We'll play without him. He can... Have training camp next year. We'll play with us next year. We don't want him in here because now he's going to screw things up if he's on the floor. If I'm them, I don't want him on the floor with me. No chance. Or if he is on the floor, he's on the floor when KD and Kyrie aren't. Then fine. But he's going to screw up everything on that team if he comes back in the playoffs. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. You might you might be onto something, but I don't know about that. So we'll talk about that at 3. 3.30, we'll ask uh, if the Packers should have played hardball with Devontae Adams. Even though he wanted out, they didn't have to let him out if they didn't want to. It would have been a lot like last year, but Devontae Adams playing the role of Aaron Rodgers. Four o'clock, and this is where we get to the Will Smith-Chris Rock thing. Sparky, I'm so proud of myself for this topic. So proud of myself. When I came up with this this morning, I was like, Rami, come on, dude. Really? You're good at this. Like, seriously, you, you're you good. What's the sports take that makes you want to slap somebody? <laughs> What's the sports take that makes you want to just walk up and slap somebody? Well, there's a lot of stuff you say. But <laughs> trying to think, what's the one thing you say? Why does it got to be me? It doesn't got to be me. It doesn't have to be a person mad. in particular. It could be like, I, I'm not going to say what mine is. I don't want to say. Come on. It. There's one thing that you and I always fight about every time it comes up. What is it? You just did it to me. Within the last month, I got so bent out of shape and mad at you. I didn't want to talk to you. I don't remember. I don't know what it was. Oh, you didn't want to. We've talk had the same argument over and over again. About oh, is it about kids thing. are soft? No, no. Oh, no, okay. No, no. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm sure you'll say something on the show. I'll be like, "That's it. That's what gets Call me mad." Call in if I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call in if I do. Yeah, it definitely has to do with you. I don't so, fight really with anybody else but you about sports, so it's pretty much you. I'm not saying it has to be like one person's specific take. Like mine, mine is more of a broad, general take. That I'll I'll tell you what it is at four. Okay. Like okay, this isn't mine, but like um, MJ or LeBron. You know what I mean? Pete Rose like, should be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of I Fame. I know that there's, gets you going. There's one. Yeah. There's there's one. Yeah. Right. That does make me want to slap yes. somebody. That that, that always does. gets you yes, going. Pete Rose always has, his Barry eyes Bonds. just got bigger. Yeah, for those I, of you that can't see him yeah, like me, that wasn't the one, but that, that might be better than the one that I'm going to bring up. That's yeah. that's a good one. I know you're pretty good. So what sports take makes you want to slap somebody? We'll do that at four. It's really four, good. Four thirty. Tim Allen will be here. We'll talk. So I'll ask him what sports take makes him want to slap somebody on Friday. Oh, that'll be having something to do with Rogers. <laughs> mark that down. <laughs> on Friday, I was a guest on my own show for Draft Mockery, and Tim, Tim heard it. Tim rigged it. Tim is the Brewers guy, and he's like, we're going to do your favorite all-time Brewers. I, I tried like, to help. I was like, okay. Dude. Yeah, I didn't see your text till after I, I got off the air. Um, I was like, all right, dude. I knew I lost that one before we even started. So today we're doing uh, best comedians. We're doing best comedians for my draft. Can I just say today. something? Yeah. If you lose this, uh -huh. you should just not do that segment anymore. <laughs> you specifically. 
Like Sam should host it, have different people on, not named Rami, and let other people compete. Because now you're just gonna be flat out embarrassing. Like this is you're setting it up for you yourself to win. If you I lose win this. your own and, and Sam isn't even here today. Right. Sam isn't even here so today. Bottomago Jr. Yeah, Bottomago Jr. is here. And is that he, what we call he, him? Do I call him Tim Shea? You Do can I call him whatever you want. Okay. Bottomago Jr. because that's what we called him back in the day. Who's Bottomago? Old special teams coordinator for the Packers. He's been around a long time. He was a head coach, I think, in college. Oh, since yeah, then. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Just like him. So, Bob Eagle Jr., uh, and Tim, and you, you're the three doing it? Uh, y- yes. Okay. Yes. Right. And you each get four comics? Four comics, yeah. You lose this one. I'm just telling you. I got to win this one, right? Just, yeah, you're done otherwise. Yeah, I'm going to win this one. Again, you don't even have Sam. And Sam's the one that always beats you. Right. No, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win this one. Okay, uh, real quick, Kevin Burkhart replacing Joe Buck as Fox's uh, top voice uh, in the NFL. Oh, really? Y- is that a big deal to you? Not Kevin Harlan? No. Hmm. Uh, I agree with you. I like. Not Kevin a huge. Harlan. I'm not a huge Kevin Burkhart guy. Uh, I mean, he's fine. He's good, but he doesn't like enhance. Stand out. He doesn't enhance the game necessarily. He's good enough that he doesn't ruin the game or hinder it in any Correct. way. He makes it move. He keeps it going. You know what I mean? But it, it doesn't stand out to me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.